your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural pitfalls and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters Podcast on International Business. We help you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences, helping you develop your cultural competence. Hello, welcome to the Culture Matters Podcast. We're in episode number 62, where we have Bart van Loon as our guest. But before I introduce Bart, I just want to make an appeal to the audience, to the listeners, that if you know somebody in your network or your direct network or your indirect network, why don't you drop me a line if you think that this person could be an interesting guest for this podcast? And you can send me an email by sending it to chris.smit, chras.smit at culturematters.com or just go to the site culturematters.com and find the contact form and then get in touch with me through that. All right, back to our guests. We have Bart van Loon, and Bart is Belgium as well, and as he will explain to you as well. And after volunteering for the United Nations in the aftermath of the Kashmir earthquake in 2005, Bart realized the potential of the South Asian labor market in Europe. Ever since, he is building long-lasting professional relationships between companies and employees spanning the globe. It's time for this week's guest at the Culture Matters podcast. Here's your host, Chris Smith. Good morning, Bart. How are you? Hi, good morning, Chris. Hi. Um, um, how are you doing? I'm very good. I'm very good. Thank you. All right. Excellent. We have on the other side, Bart van Loon or Bert or Bart van Loon, I would say. Exactly. How do, how yeah. do people translate that? <laughs> well, uh, it, it, it is Bart. I mean, whenever I whenever I say my name uh, anywhere in the world except the Belgian or Netherlands, uh, people immediately make the link to Bart Simpson. Yes. Uh, so that's that's uh, that's how you how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember uh, when I was a little uh, kid, I grew up in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, uh, once somebody approached me, my parents were there as well, and they asked me my name, mm-hmm. and I said Bart. And afterwards, my parents told me. Uh, just pronounce your name uh, the Dutch way uh, whenever anybody asks. Yeah, and uh, that still stays with me uh, till now. So I, I, I just call myself Bart. Bart, yes, Bart. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, then um, uh, Bart or uh, or Bart. Whatever, either way goes. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, please, and where do you come from? You mentioned you were like you grew up or were born in Saudi Arabia. Where are you now, and what is your cultural frame of reference? All right. Um, okay. Uh, my cultural frame of reference. Okay, so yes. I am. Uh, I am a white male. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was born uh, in Belgium, uh-huh. um, which is also where I'm based. Um, currently, I'm in Dubai. I've been here for a couple of months uh-huh. uh, to set up uh, uh, the, the UAE uh, a part of my business. Yeah. Um, and if I look chronologically, I was born in Belgium, but soon after my parents and myself, we moved to Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. where I spent a couple of years. We returned to Belgium when I was eight. Um, and then I grew up in Antwerp. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the people who are familiar with Belgium, that makes me automatically arrogant. <laughs> uh, later on, I moved to Leuven uh, to, to study engineering. Uh, but I completed my studies in Norway, yeah. uh, where I studied in, in, uh, in Trondheim. 
Uh, a little bit after that, I, uh, I started working after my studies, but that only took me 50 weeks uh, to realize that it wasn't for me. Uh, so I quit my job and set up my first international business in 2006, which was in Pakistan. Uh, so I spend a lot of time in, in, in Pakistan. The last 10 years, I'm there several weeks, two months, uh, a year. And uh-huh. 2012, we acquired a business in Sri Lanka, uh, which adds to my traveling. So I'm now sharing my time between Belgium, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka. And recently, Dubai has uh, has been added to the list as well. Okay, well, that, that's actually a good hub to, um, to to go to either of these destinations, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's actually how we got our first contacts in Dubai, obviously, because uh, originally we flew uh, Etihad, mm-hmm. uh, which has a hub in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Emirates started offering better deals uh, flying to Pakistan and Sri Lanka. So then we started flying Emirates. And yeah, bit by bit, we got to know some people, some contacts in Dubai. I was here five times last year and I thought the time was good to uh, to do a jump. Uh, so I, I got myself a one-way ticket uh, in April. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay, we'll, we'll talk about Dubai and Pakistan and Sri yeah. Lanka as well, but somehow um, Saudi Arabia seems interesting as well. I've been there a couple of times, and I thought that was that was so different from other uh, Gulf states, if you want, compare Kuwait to Bahrain and uh, well Dubai, like you mentioned yourself. So yeah. how, how was that growing up as a kid in Saudi Arabia? Yeah, well, uh, I get this question a lot of time. Okay. Uh, there's, 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 uh, and everybody who asks me kind of expects that I have these horror stories, <laughs> as if I was raised in uh, in in some uh, prison camp or something. Uh, uh, and you uh, weren't. Don't 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 tell me you weren't. You... Uh, no, I, I, of course I wasn't. Uh, oh, yeah. there, there's two things to to consider here. Uh, yeah. First of all, obviously I was a kid. Uh, I lived there until I was eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, in, in most uh, most happy families, it really doesn't matter where you are uh, because mm-hmm. your 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 life uh, is your parents, your teacher, and your friends, and uh, language and culture and uh, whatever. It doesn't matter at all. So I I, w- I was very happy there. I didn't ever once uh, felt it was strange or, or awkward or, or whatever, because that's simply because I was a kid. Yes. And life is that you take life as it is. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. It's just the only thing you know. Yep. Now, th- the second thing I have to consider is uh, this was in the early eighties mm-hmm. and in the early eighties, um, Saudi wasn't as extreme as it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, because what we see in Saudi, uh, and many different countries as well is, Kind of, uh, uh, it's their way of responding to the American dominance yeah. uh, globally. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about cultural, not necessarily military, mm-hmm. but economically and cultural. Culturally, uh, America or the West in general, they they dominate the globe, and people want to offset. They want to show that they're different. They want to show that they can do it their way and. So they, they, they've become a little bit more extreme uh, in, in, in the values that differ from ours yeah. uh, uh, in the last decades. Yes, I, I tend to agree. I think that makes, that makes good sense because all the symbols tend to be very North American. And symbols with symbols, I mean like Starbucks and shopping yeah. malls and yeah, um, American cars and these kind of things and, and, and commercials and stuff like that. Yeah. So they, don't, they want to uh, de-McDonaldize their, their society to some yeah. extent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah, so we see the same thing happen 
in, in, in Pakistan, there's this love-hate relationship with the states. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the ideology, ideology doesn't match. But on the other hand, there's nothing wrong with Starbucks per se as a coffee maker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And then, so that was that was the KSA, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and then Norway fell between the yes. cracks as well, somewhat. So what ha- what made you move from 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 safe Belgium, from safe Leuven, <laughs> which, which yeah. is where I'm I'm calling from, um, the, the, to Trondheim in Norway? Yeah. Um, well, if I must be completely honest. Um, <laughs> I I had the opportunity to to uh, to go anywhere and almost anywhere in Europe. It was the Erasmus program. Okay. Yes. And it was the it was the only country where I hadn't been before. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just honest here. That that was kind of the reason why 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 I picked uh, Norway. Okay. Um, I mean, of course, there were there were other reasons as well. Uh, they they the university I went to was pretty known for computer science studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what I was doing at the time. Uh, and uh, of course, I felt generally attracted to the country as well. I'm, I'm a winter type of person. Uh, and, uh, and Norway is, uh, I, I guess, it's the, the winter country. Yes, it is. Uh, so so that, that's, that. I mean, a bunch of different reasons. But okay. the original attraction was pure chance, actually. It was just a list of countries and, and that one, uh, I, 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 I chose that one. Are you the kind of guy also that goes to a restaurant, looks at the menu, and say, I, "I'll have this one because I don't know what it is"? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, my my father uh, lived in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, both my parents lived there the past eight years, mm-hmm. uh, and I went to. I, of course, I go to visit them often, and I, I was there, uh, uh, and we went to a restaurant, and the menu was only in Chinese. <laughs> Doesn't uh, matter what you pick them. It doesn't matter, no. And I, I really made a little game out of it. I just pointed three random things, and 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 the guy looked at me a little bit strangely. and said, "Like, oh no, yeah, just just let's have these three things." <laughs> and I remember I got uh, I got donkey meat, uh, spinach, and a sprite. That's an excellent combination, I think. In <laughs> <Yeah>. China, <laughs> oh, excellent. So your parents are still currently in in China. No, no, sorry, not currently. No, okay. they recently moved back to to Belgium to Antwerp. Yes, um, but they the the last eight years they were in in Shanghai, mm. uh, and before that uh, Beijing. It's an in- interesting thing you you mentioned actually being a winter a winter guy, and then you know having your primary business in Pakistan in Sri Lanka, and then uh, in between there's Dubai. There's Dubai. Well. I'm yeah. not going to question on that one because I'm I'm sure it makes sense to you in in, in well, some well, way. One thing people don't get is that uh, Pakistan uh, has most of the Himalayas. Yeah. Um, uh, we, my wife and I, we did our honeymoon in Pakistan, and it was minus twenty-five degrees every day. Yeah. So, so Pakistan is not. I mean, in the south it gets warm. There's a desert, but in the north it gets pretty cold uh, as well. We have snow in Islamabad, where our business is located. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of a lot of people don't realize these kind of things when they no. when they hear like the the subcontinent of India, etc. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you call yourself uh, like a, a liberated Belgian, having traveled so much and you know just being being having been exposed so much to different cultures? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I guess so. Uh, I I don't know exactly what you mean with liberated, um, but but yeah, of course I'm I'm I, I don't live. Around the church, as we used to call mm-hmm. it at home. Yeah, uh, I think I have a broader view of 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 this world. 
Uh, I think I can also look at Belgian problems or, or the Belgian situation we're having with Flanders and Malonia from a more outsider's perspective. Yes. Um, but I, I, I want to take the opportunity to, to mention, though, that I have already since long decided that mm-hmm. I, I will always want to be in Belgium. Mm. Um, I don't see myself uh, permanently moving abroad or retiring somewhere else. Uh, I, I really, really like uh, like like Belgium or yeah, yeah. That makes good sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm really happy. Uh, and, yeah, and that, I mean that one doesn't bite the other. You can you can make your business nope. outside of, uh, of of your home country and then happily return. And and, and it's yeah. and I must also say it is a wonderful country to live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very comfortable. Uh, it is still, yeah. still, it is. Even though people inside the country complain, um, like, oh, the, like there's it's no part tomorrow. of what we do, right? Complaining, exactly. uh, but but uh, I guess it's also the food, uh-huh. Uh-huh. which uh, which keeps me, uh, which keeps pulling me back to Belgium. Yeah, I can very much imagine. Yeah. Um, if if it's okay with you, Bart, uh, I'd like to move to towards the uh, the business side and and sort of segue into to what you're what you're actually doing. We talked about um, uh, offshoring, insuring, uh, not insuring, yeah. but in 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 oh, no off, outsourcing, insourcing. You say, but you yeah. you have different names for that. You want to use different names for that. Yeah, it's not so much different names, but I I like to stick to the to the actual meaning of uh, of, of of these words. Um, if you look at, at outsourcing, the idea behind outsourcing is that you take a problem, you identify a problem or a need or a project within your company, and then you pass on this project or problem to another company mm-hmm. who can then solve it. Um, this uh, very common thing to outsource is your accountancy yeah. uh, or having a website built mm-hmm. or, uh, for example, the, the, the architecture of, uh, of, of, of a building, yeah. right? Yeah. So these are problems you decide, okay, we cannot do this in-house. We're going to take an other company and have them apply their processes and their way of working and their quality levels to solve our problems. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, whereas offshore, of course, it's often combined with outsourcing, but as such, offshoring simply means we're going to tap into an international talent pool mm-hmm. to enhance the things that we can do in our company. Mm-hmm. So if you go offshore and outsourcing, that is like uh, having your website made by a Vietnamese company, uh, for example. Mm-hmm. Or having your business cards designed by a designer in the Philippines, something like that. Um, what we, my company is called Zero Point. Uh, what we offer with Zero Point is offshoring without the outsourcing. So we are basically a recruitment business. We recruit in your name mm-hmm. in Pakistan and in Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. But then these people that are selected by you and us together, these people, they work for your company under your direct supervision. But they, but they remain located in their own location. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, it, it is a virtual team, you can call it, or a distant team, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But we, as Zero Point, we are not giving them uh, work. We're not involved in the actual day-to-day communication the day-to-day deadlines, the planning. So you use your own processes, your own tools, your own servers, your own planning, your own deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, deadlines because this team actually belongs to your your company. You insource the talent right. into right. your company. So is this because on your on your link, LinkedIn profile you talk about uh, traditional offshoring and you say that your yeah. way of working is different. Is this, is this the essential difference you just mentioned? Yeah, uh, th- this is this is one thing that that we find it very very important that uh, everybody in your local team gets to see the offshore team as their colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, the other difference that we make in the market space is uh, that we offer coached offshoring. So if you get a team uh, with zero point, uh, the first two years, this team is on our payroll to reduce your risk because okay. Okay. Uh, typically European company can't just open up a subsidiary in Pakistan or Sri Lanka. I mean, it's a big risk, takes a lot of time, a lot of bureaucracy. So we do that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we offer you training, tools, and process consultancy to make sure that the collaboration goes very, very smooth. Okay. It roughly takes two years for people to, to really feel like, okay, this is a team. We can go for a long-term commitment. Uh, this, is, this is actually something I want to do with my business in the long term to keep on recruiting uh, globally. Uh, and then, and then the team gets passed on to our customers. And, and uh, generally, how big are the teams then? That you, the, 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 how big are the, yeah. Sri, the Sri Lankan teams and the Pakistani teams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, if you want, if you want a, a, a business number, the average right now in in our business is around three people. So okay. that's not very, that's not big. Um, most of our customers are smaller businesses and startups. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Obviously, most are located in Belgium, the Netherlands, but we serve customers in the U.S. One of our biggest customers is there uh, in, in Denmark, in Norway, and right now we're setting up a sales office in, in Dubai as well. Uh, but wherever there are, they are, um, our customers tend to be smaller companies and startups. Um, so that means that we don't get to do these uh, contracts of uh, teams of uh, 50 people, uh, 200 people, whatever. It's uh, it's lean and mean, you can say. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, just getting back again, what is the essential difference between me contacting a VA, a virtual assistant, yeah. through um, a company like uh, what is it, Go Friday or something, one of the biggest ones I know at yeah. least of in um, in, uh, in in India, and and what you offer? Yeah. So we are uh, we are really. Uh, for, uh, well, I, 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 let me expl- let's take the case of you want to have a website built. Yes. Um, so um, you can decide: Am I going to have this website built by people in my organization, yeah. or yeah. am I going to use another organization to build the website? Mm. Um, the first thing that you have to decide in order to work with Zero Point is that you will decide to do it in-house. Mm-hmm. The second decision you make is in-house. Does that mean people that live uh, up to 50 kilometers from my office? Or can I expand this to recruit in a much larger labor market than only my own? Which would be your Pakistani Sri Lankan market. Exactly, exactly. And if you then decide, yeah, I mean, uh, that's why we'd like to work for smaller companies and startups because for them, generally being younger, mm-hmm. um, 
they are very used to maintaining relationships uh, through instant messaging and uh, voice over IP, yeah. uh, social media in general. Uh, they have traveled the world. They speak English. Um, so for them, th- this is a much smaller step to make, to imagine their company being set up in Belgium and in Pakistan. Yes, makes good yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. So again, we recruit people and then they work for you uh, indefinitely, really. All our contracts have no termination date. There's just a notice period. Obviously, we remain flexible. Yes. Yeah, That of course, that's a, that's yeah. a, a given, a must, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. then why did you concentrate in, in or start in Pakistan and Sri Lanka and not maybe in the more, if you want, traditional outsourcing or you know markets like india it's much bigger it, it has the reputation i'm making air quotes here everybody is in it everybody speaks english there so why did you yeah. pick pakistan and sri lanka yeah well um india is bigger but it's also flooded um it has the uh it has a reputation of everybody being it but it also has a reputation of uh, teams dissolving within two years. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were a little bit afraid, honestly. I mean, if we would go to India and start a new business in 2007, uh, we would hire three people, have a little office space. And then next day, uh, a big giant, IBM, HP, Microsoft, whatever, would would come into the city and go like, okay, I need 1,000 people by Wednesday. Our company would be be empty by by Wednesday. Yeah. but then again, uh, if, I, if I have to be completely honest, uh, just like with Norway, there is some luck involved as well, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, 2005, there was a major earthquake in Kashmir, mm-hmm. uh, the north of Pakistan, north of India. It was the year after the tsunami that most people remember, 2004. Yep. Yep. There was a major earthquake. And my best friend then, and who is my business partner today, uh, happened to be in Islamabad uh, when this earthquake happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he immediately stopped uh, working there and he joined the United Nations as a volunteer to help out the relief works that were going on in the north of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, a little later, he contacted me and asked me if I could help out as well, uh, which I did. And this is how we got our first contacts in Pakistan. This is how we realized that the education level mm-hmm. in Pakistan is, is very high, but the economy lags behind tremendously resulting in the opposite situation we have in Europe. In uh, an, uh, We have like way too many professionals, mm-hmm. highly educated people in Pakistan who are out of a job. Whereas in Belgium, we never had more people with a higher degree to have been employed since the Second World War. Yeah. So, so basically, uh, you, you packed your bags, you, you dropped everything yeah. in Belgium, you packed your bags, your suitcase, and you went to to to, um, to Kashmir to to help out there. Well, it wasn't uh, it wasn't so romantic as you make it sound. <laughs> this is what this is what Yella did, my business partner. Uh, I helped out remotely from from Belgium. Okay. Um, I was currently at that time employed by HP in Brussels, mm-hmm. working with their with with their team in India, and. I, I really had the experience that uh, for me at that time, I, I was convinced offshoring doesn't work. Hmm. Um, the people in India, they don't understand me. Their English is hard. I couldn't even pronounce their name. Uh, it, it was just just very, very hard. Mm-hmm. But then working for the United Nations with people in Pakistan, all of a sudden that went really smooth. And we were working remotely. 
and we're having a great time. And even even though we were in in stressy times, of course, uh, and it went, went really really well. And that led me to realize that. And I want to stress very clearly: it has nothing to do with India or Pakistan, but it had everything to do with this environment, which was not present with the big company I was working for mm-hmm. and which was present with the United Nations was that there was a good environment set up to work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, with me before, it was kind of literally, I got a post-it note with an email address, mm-hmm. uh, somebody telling me, look, work together with this guy for your next project, mm-hmm. guy being being uh, in South Asia. Yeah. Whereas in with the United Nations, we started with a group uh, session, everybody sitting in front of their computer, discussing the needs, getting to know each other. We became Facebook friends and we started communicating. Um, and, and we were really a team. Uh, there was no us and them mentality there, right? Yeah. It, it, we, 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 we became colleagues. So shortly after, it was uh, uh, 2006, we decided to, to, to build a business around this realization, and up till today, this is this is why Zero Point is offering this this coached offshoring. We we greatly emphasize on setting up a good environment for offshoring, and not just having some people work for you remotely. Yeah, yeah, just just yeah, yeah. You need to expand it rather than beyond work as well. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, become become friends, become colleagues. Yeah, uh, uh, plane tickets aren't that expensive. Uh, uh, you can spend five minutes discussing the weekend. Uh, yeah, do all these things. Yeah, yeah it's funny. It's funny that, and, and, and that's I think very much a Western attitude. Um, and people are surprised as well when I advise them if they're working, say, with with um, Indians or with people from the Indian subcontinent to, to yeah. broaden the market. It's like, is it every time you are getting in touch with your Indian, your Pakistani colleague? You probably need something, right? And then they look at me and they say, "Yes, how do you know that?" Well, because yeah. we're, we're wired like this. We are very task driven. And then I yeah. say, "Why don't you call these guys and make it a, make it a happiness call? Just call yeah. and say, "How are you doing?" And don't need anything per se." Yeah, and, and yeah. then they, they, they I actually see them scribbling that down. Like, wow, that's a good idea. I never thought of that. <laughs> so we're, we're so much task driven in in the Western in the West yeah. in the West as is. So so, so um, Bart, what is your personal experience then between say being Belgian or and and the Indian subcontinent? Can you make distinction between India and Pakistan from a cultural perspective and Sri Lanka with that? Yeah, um, I'm I'm I well. Uh, I, I've only uh, traveled through India as a as a tourist, uh-huh. uh, so I'm definitely not an expert there. But I would imagine the differences being rather small. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been the same country for millennia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it was just in, in in 47 that it was split up, right? Rather randomly. Yeah, the, the Great uh, Partition. Yes, left and yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But on the other hand, I do imagine there being differences uh, based in in the majority religion, uh-huh. um, e- even though India has twice as many Muslims as Pakistan has. Um, uh, still, the majority in India is uh, is Hindu, and in Pakistan, it's uh, Muslim, and Sri Lanka, it's uh, Buddhism. Uh-huh. Um, in my view, Hinduism tends to be rather uh, in Western terms called right wing Mm -hmm. like uh uh, uh, you have to take care of yourself um uh uh, yeah uh, yeah the the, the whole caste system right Mm -hmm. 
Whereas Islam tends to be much more left-wing, mm-hmm. uh, sharing, uh, uh, helping its others, uh, giving to charity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel that that permeated the, the, the politics and the societies in, in Pakistan and Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. uh, resulting in a, different, in a slightly different society there. Yeah, okay. Um, but then again, I'm not a big expert uh, on, 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 on India. Okay, fair enough. That's 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 good. Yeah. Good enough. You mentioned the word um, Islam a couple of times here, and uh, yeah. it's it's something we we actually I, I prepped you for this question um, before actually hitting record because this could be potentially sensitive, and that's not not at least not my intention to upset anyone no, or, or to talk about uh, just to isolate any kind of religion, but. The thing that came to mind when I read your bio, and so you deal with people from Pakistan. We know Pakistan is a Muslim country. What do yeah, your, yeah, your Western 96%. clients think about, how do they deal with the current Western feeling towards what's currently going on in the Western world towards the, the, the religion Islam? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, I have a couple of things to, to, to mention there. First of all... Um, uh, you might be surprised to know, but uh, Pakistan is still a rather anonymous country for most Belgians. Yeah, uh, uh, like they, they they don't like it's different with Afghanistan, of course. Everybody mm-hmm. knows Afghanistan, but Pakistan. Some people are still confused. It's like one of those countries nobody knows what the capital is of. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean. So the 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 precon there tends to be no preconceived idea of Pakistan. It tends to be neutral or negative. I agree there, which is different from Sri Lanka, which tends to be neutral or positive mm-hmm. uh, uh, because of the, the the tourism industry there, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the I mean, our clients. I must I say, uh, first of all, it's also important to notice we deal with uh, with people having a master degree. Or at least a bachelor's degree. Many of the people we employ uh, for our customers have have their studies abroad. Mm-hmm. Abroad being uh, New Zealand, uh, Malaysia, Japan, uh, the States, uh, Sweden, England, mm-hmm. Qatar. So it, it's really everywhere. Um, and 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 unfortunately, also this means that most of the people we employ are coming from a higher social class. Mm-hmm. And with unfortunate, I mean it, it. That's just it's unfortunate that that's how their society is built up. You need to be from a higher social class in order to get a higher degree. Yeah. Um, but as everywhere, um, the more money you have, the less religious you tend to be. Mm-hmm. And and this is the same for Muslims as for Christians as for uh, Buddhists or Hindus. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's very little. Uh, tension there you know when these things happen like uh, the murder of of bin laden for example mm-hmm. or the, the the recently the the attacks in brussels or paris um it's just something it's a topic of discussion people talk about it uh inside in, in a, pakistan yeah of course inside yeah. pakistan i was in pakistan when when the murder of bin laden happened it happened 50 kilometers from where i was at a time mm-hmm. um and it's just I mean, it's just a topic of discussion and people have discussions about it and there's columns in the newspapers and there's people on television giving their opinions and and, and it's, 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 I don't know. So basically just, you're painting a picture for me that it's it tends to be somewhat more liberal than maybe the general, the average Western might think. 
Um, well, especially with, uh, amongst the people we deal with. Uh, yeah. You must also remember, of course, that uh, still Pakistan, if you look up the numbers on Wikipedia, it paints a bleak picture. Mm -hmm. 60% being uh, illiterate, uh, uh, lots of slavery going on in, in, uh, in the Sindh province, uh, repression of min minorities. So all these things are also true. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's... But not across the board. No, Pakistan is the sixth largest country in the world. Uh, that's also something we tend to forget when we're in Europe. Yeah. The term country generally means a very small area and a very small group of people. Mm -hmm. But the word country, when you speak about Pakistan and definitely China or India, it mm -hmm. doesn't mean the same thing. Yeah, yeah it's a continent almost. Uh, yeah. Yeah, more than that, it, it, we're talking about like more than 10% of the world population uh, uh, there. Yeah. It's very different from speaking about Sweden or Slovenia or Belgium. You know, the, those are very small areas with small amount of people. Yeah. Um, the the sixth largest just, country with 165 million people. And well, 100, 100, 180 million or even more. And growing. Yeah. And the capital being Islamabad. So yes, Islamabad. Yeah. We've, got, we've got those figures, right? So yeah. it's, and, and is it, do your clients, do you have to explain all these things to your clients? Or is this, are your clients okay with this? Yeah, they're, they're rather okay, really. Uh, uh, um, uh, we, we do encourage mm -hmm. uh, uh, to talk about this. Mm -hmm. uh, um, like, for example, um, when, when we had this, uh, these attacks in Brussels, uh, very spontaneously, all of our employees, both in Pakistan and Sri Lanka, they were contacting their clients, mm -hmm. like, are you okay? Are you safe? Is everything all right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I just happened to know that some of our clients... They, 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 were, they weren't necessarily surprised by this, mm -hmm. but they, uh, well, at least they noticed. It was something that, oh, yeah, I wasn't maybe expecting that. Um, um, uh, it, yeah, it just, it just, like, I, I do believe that our business and the relationships we set up helps elevating the sure. view yeah. beyond the, 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 the very, common practice of, of just yeah uh, the basic stereotyping as well yeah exactly yeah. The, the 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 stereotyping another another nice example uh, i remember remember all the fuss we had with the muhammad cartoons yeah uh with the the, the danish newspaper or That's charlie nice. hebdo after that um one of our clients was working with with a guy in pakistan and they they were testing a, a gallery and uh, our, our colleague in Pakistan just uploaded some random pictures mm -hmm. to test the online gallery. Mm -hmm. And he uploaded a bunch of Muhammad cartoons. Mm -hmm. And it was actually our client who was like, oh, what are you doing? Take it down. Yeah. And he was like, oh, all right. Okay. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> whereas we would obviously think it would be the opposite way, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, I mean, you always have to always also have to know um, – um, People all over the world, they, uh, they, they. Everybody watches Game of Thrones. Everybody yeah. watches the same type of movies. Uh, the, the. Everybody reads the same internet. Yeah. Um, we. I mean, yeah. It's it, it's not uh, not so different as you might think. But then again, I'm talking about the the educated people. Yes. Yes. And uh, and and you also don't want to run the the risk of oversimplifying situations no, no. and countries and cultures yeah. and sensitivities etc yeah 
Okay. No, in, no, no. In the beginning, Bart, you asked me how long will this interview take, and yeah. um, uh, I said, "Well, it'll be around thirty minutes." And we actually crossed the thirty minutes line, which is perfectly Already. fine. Okay. Yeah, that's that's how fast time goes. You know, when you're having fun yeah. and when you're when you've got a, a, a good interview, a good guest, and uh, and well, interesting so stuff to talk about, which I think we didn't even touch Sri Lanka. I know, I know. Okay, so let's, I mean, let's quickly touch on Sri Lanka as well, because that's also a wonderful country and wonderful people. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, the the, the first thing I always tell when speaking about Sri Lanka, I mean, when we we set up our business there in 2012, is that we were really, really surprised and happy to see that we could copy-paste many, if not all, of our contracts and policies uh, that we had set up in Pakistan through the years. Uh So if you look economically or education-wise, uh, these countries are very, very similar, which of course makes sense because they they, they were both on, under the same British reign for a long time. Yeah. Um, but obviously, again, culturally, they tend to be slightly different. Uh, and I see the differences, again, coming from the, the majority religion, yeah. Uh, yeah. Being, being Buddhism in, uh, in, uh, in Sri Lanka. Um, and of course, if you look, Thousands of years in the past, they were, of course, also uh, evolving independently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a different language, uh, or I should say a different set of languages. Yes. Uh, different scripts, exactly. even. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sri Lanka as a Tamil and Sinhala, which are using different alphabets. Uh, Pakistan has so many languages also using different alphabets. The Arabic alphabet, mainly for, for Urdu. Yeah. Um, um, but many, many things also were, uh, were, were, were the same. Um, which made sense to us. Uh, that's why we decided also to set up the business to expand into Sri Lanka as opposed to, say, Brazil or South Africa or whatever, mm-hmm. because that would be totally, totally different. Yeah. And and yeah. Is, is, do you have a preference for working with any, in any of the countries? Maybe that's not a nice question to ask, is it? <laughs> Yeah, it's not a nice question to ask. <laughs> so I call it, like, um, the jury will disregard this remark then. <laughs> All right, let's not uh, let's not go there. It's um, I, I do want to um, wrap things up with uh, the the two last questions I ask every guest, and yeah. that is, can you Bart van Loon give us three tips to become more culturally competent? Oh, yeah, yeah. All that's, right, more that's the question. Yeah, um, yeah. One one I have ready. Um, it is you should always. I mean, what are the problems when we when we're dealing with culture? It comes to communication, right? That that's so so it I'm I'm gonna focus on three tips for better communications across cultures. Mm-hmm. Um the first thing is understand that communication is a shared responsibility. If I'm explaining something and you don't understand it, it's very easy for me to blame you, mm-hmm. but it's fifty percent my fault and fifty percent your fault. I if I mean the word fault is, is not nice here, but yes. You know what I mean? I, um, I should take responsibility as a sending party in, in any communication uh, if there is miscommunication. It's so easy to think, ah, you know, they don't understand me. It's their problem. Mm-hmm. No, it's a shared problem. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah, so th- that, is, that is really my, 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 first, my first tip here. Um, the second tip is uh, don't dump stereotypes on individuals mm-hmm. um, in the end you're not working with the 
average Pakistani or the average Sri Lankan, just like nobody I know would describe themselves as the average Belgian or the yep. average yep. Dutchman, right? Yeah. Um, so you can look up all the statistics you want. Uh, in the end, you're working with with a person, yeah, or three people or five people, but it's still uh, uh, individuals. Um, like I like to give the example, like maybe the best graphical designer in the world, if such a thing makes sense to to talk about, but uh, could be uh, living in Baghdad right now or in Aleppo or in uh, somewhere in Somalia. Uh, the statistics would would say it's rather improbable, uh, but it's very it's very possible because yes. we're talking about an individual yeah. and, and and not about uh, a group or, or or a large group of people. Yeah. So don't, don't dump racial stereotypes on on individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, take your time to get to know them, uh, and then maybe the third one would be to have a little bit of patience. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's 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 the uh, that's really the third best hint or tip I can give. But um, like, for example, with the, the different dialects or the different accents we have in English, mm-hmm. uh, many of our clients confirm that the first time they talk to somebody in Pakistan or Sri Lanka, they have some difficulties understanding the, 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 the English. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with our, our people in Pakistan and Sri Lanka. They have some difficulties understanding the, the Dutch hinted English that we speak. Oh, yeah. Um, but then the second conversation they have, it goes much, much easier. And as of the third conversation, they can't even remember that it was difficult in the beginning. So basically you're saying uh, hang in there and, and give, yeah. it, give it some time, get to know each other and grow towards each other. Exactly, exactly. Both personally, but also on a very, very specific thing like the, like the, the accent. Yeah, yeah. Nice. All right, I've got the, the the three tips written down. They'll be in the show notes, um, which you can okay. find in the uh, in the podcast uh, show notes yeah, on culturematters.com. dot com. And um, we're on episode number sixty two. Now, finally, uh, Bart, how can people get in touch with you? How can they find you? Yeah, I'm very easy to reach online. Uh, uh, um, uh, I'm I'm about to launch a new personal website. Uh, very simply, bbbart.be. B-E-Bart.be B-E, so triple B, three times letter B, B-E-Bart.be from from Belgium. Um, And uh, uh, my email address, uh, you just go Bart, my first name, B-A-R-T, Bart, at zero point, that's the name of my company, Uh dot H-R. H-R, is that Hungarian? Yeah, it, it, it's Hungary, but we're an HR business, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the extension is from the country Hungary, but HR stands for... Okay. In our case, it stands for HR, yes. Bart at zero point dot HR. I didn't, I didn't get that. Actually, I was wondering, what, are, you, are you misusing this HR and you're based in... You're from Belgium, but you're now in Dubai? And uh, then, so I, I, that confused me. Okay, so yeah, HR we, makes we, perfect sense now. Exactly, yeah. Uh, we also have zero point dot IT. Okay. <laughs> uh, 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 it's Italy, but uh, we're mainly active in the IT sector, so zero point of IT is also ours. All right. Okay. No, no doubt you'll have other domains as well, and it'll it'll get there. Yeah, zero point B. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> very nice, Bart. Can I thank you very much for your time yeah. and uh, your well, your tips and your expertise and sharing your uh, your experience with thank us you. in this podcast, and. Uh, I'm, 
I'm pretty sure we'll bump into each other again anytime soon. It's very much Dubai so. Or Belgium. Lovely. Chris. Hey, take care. Thank That's you so much. Thanks again, Bart, for your time and your expertise in sharing what you've um, you've experienced in dealing with Pakistan and Sri Lanka, of course, all the way towards the end. This is the end of the Culture Matters podcast, episode number 62. And again, an appeal. If you are listening and you think, hey, this is an interesting guest, I want this person to be on the Culture Matters podcast, why don't you drop me a line? Go to culturematters.com, fill in the contact form, and I will do the rest. And I'm pretty sure that this guest will end up on this podcast as well. Thanks so much for that. And finally, um, if you like what I do when this po- with this podcast, why don't you give it a good rating in iTunes? If you do so, it'll be uh, exposed to even more people and even more people can then enjoy this podcast. All right. Thanks again. I'll be back in two weeks time with another guest. Until then, bye-bye. That's it for this episode. The Culture Matters Podcast, helping you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences.